Hey everyone, and welcome to the Hearts Unglued podcast. This is a weekly podcast where I invite guests or go solo and dive into topics that are hard, ugly, and are often hidden in our lives. Life as a late teen and young adult in the modern world as a Christian is anything but easy, and no topic here is off the table. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. Thank you for tuning into Hearts Unglued. This week, I have one of my favorite people ever (laughs) on here. Uh, She's my small group leader. She was one of the first friends I ever made at my church. I think you were the first. I was. (laughs) I totally was. This is Rachel Robert. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Rachel. (laughs) How fun. I know, I know. Wow, is this going to get confusing? I think our voices are different enough, though, that people will be able to tell who's who. I think so. Okay. (laughs) We'll see. Well, the first impression that I had of Rachel was her telling me that she cried at Disney (laughs) World, which is the second time I'm referring to this today. I know. And it wasn't when she was four. She did not cry at Disney World at age four. She cried at Disney World at age... 26. 26. (laughs) You want to share with everybody why you cried at Disney World? (laughs) So, I had never been to Disney World before. And so, like, my whole life, like, this... I felt like my whole life was, like, leading up to this moment. And so we went on vacation as a family to Disney World and... Even my brother said, like, Rachel, this trip is not for me. This trip is clearly for you. Like, whatever you want to do, we can do. So we're in Magic Kingdom, which is, like, the big, uh... And Rachel is, like, a Disney fan, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, A big Disney fan. My goal in life, people ask, like, what's your dream job? And I tell people my dream job is to be Belle on Broadway. And that's, like, pretty much it. I mean, there's more to it. But that's but the like core Bell of on it. Broadway, yeah, and then also like volunteer and stuff like that. Anyway, live in New York City, you know the dream. <laughs> anyway, um, so Belle is my favorite princess. Whatever. So we go to Magic Kingdom, and I'm like, okay, I have to figure this. Like, what am I gonna do? I have to meet all the princesses. But Belle does not have like a meet and greet in Magic Kingdom. Really? She only has a meet and greet and I think it's Epcot, which okay. we weren't going to. <clears throat> and we could have like eaten um eaten at her castle. Uh-huh. But it's a ridiculous yeah, like no, you have to get tried, reservations like, like months, months in yeah. advance. We tried we said like months I at know. the same time <laughs> in the same way. <laughs> we hang out with each other a lot. Um no, we tried, like, three months before when we went, and, like, everything was booked. Are my dad serious? was like, it's three months. They, like, my dad called, and they were like, yeah, we recommend, like, seven to ten months before you come. My dad's I like, don't even know what I'm doing I next know. month. I know. My dad was me? like, we didn't even know we were going right. seven months ago. Yeah. But I've always just wanted to try the gray stuff, because I hear it's delicious. Oh, the what? <laughs> <laughs> From the song... Be our guest. Be our guest. You know what I'm talking about? They say something about gray stuff? And they say, try the gray stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Do they have gray stuff? Yes. It's like a dessert. And apparently it actually is delicious. Anyway. 
So I wasn't sure if I was, I just didn't think it was in the cards to meet Belle. Yeah. Then there was this thing that we had a fast pass for to go to Belle's, I don't know, it was like an interactive sort of experience is what it was called. Okay. And so it's like me and all these little kids (laughs) and their parents (laughs) and me and my brother. And we're going through, and it's essentially like they give the little kids props to tell out the story of the Beauty and the Beast. Uh Uh-huh. And it ends, the whole experience ends in the library, and Belle comes and, like, does a little song with the kids, and it's so fun. And so then they ask the kids if they want to come up and get their picture taken with Belle. And so all the kids are going up and getting their picture taken with Belle, and my brother leans over and he goes, Rachel, this is your chance. Like, you have to go up there. And I go, no, no, I'll wait for the kids to be done. Because half the room was adults, so I'm thinking right. that there's going to be an They're opportunity. They're also going to say something about yeah. like, everybody else who yeah. wants. Yeah. And I'm just literally, like, starstruck this whole time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she goes, okay, everyone, thank you so much for coming. Have a great day. And leaves. <laughs> and I'm so, I'm frozen, stuck to the chair frozen, devastated. And so I, I like don't say a word. I get up and I walk out. My brother goes, are you okay? And I just don't say anything. And I go over to the trash can when we get outside. And I'm like leaning over it crying because I didn't get a picture with Belle. And this is what started our friendship. So yeah, you. I think when I met you, you said you were leaving for Disney in yeah. a few days, and I told you that story, and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> it's the beginning of a lot. So we other, also. Do you remember what we did after that? You came with us to Chili's. Oh my god. <laughs> This is a better representation, I think, of you. Okay, go ahead. Okay, story number two. This is actually, okay, I knew I enjoyed you, but this is when I knew that we were going to be friends. Because I had, like, just, if anybody knows Rachel, like, you hide. Rachel Robert. Rachel Robert, you hide zero thoughts on your face. All the thoughts that are happening in your brain will be on your face. And it's one of my favorite parts. Like, there's no guessing what Rachel's thinking. So, we're sitting in Chili's after our, like, young adult church service. And, again, I just met you. And I look, and this kid walks in the door. And I look. You couldn't see him, right? You just saw me? No, I saw a kid walk in the door. Yeah. It was this guy walks in the door. And he walks in, and I look over. And Rachel is, like frozen with half of a chip (laughs) in her mouth, half of it out of her mouth, and then just takes a bite and has the most judgmental look on her face and follows the kid with her eyes through the restaurant and then proceeds to dramatically roll her eyes. And I'm thinking, wow, she really likes him. (laughs) Like, she just checked him out so boldly. That was impressive. Did I call you out? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally called me out. You're like, oh, wow, really? 
and I didn't even realize that I had been <laughs> staring this kid down, and I then proceeded to explain myself, and I said, no, 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 did you call me, maybe I, you, you didn't I call think me out, maybe have... I just was like, where has he been? <laughs> Because we had been there for no joke at least an hour. At least. Possibly an hour and a half. And the church is not even 10 minutes down the road. What did he do for that hour and a half between church and Chili's? I don't know. But that's what I was trying to figure out. And so in my mind, it's possible that he like went on a coffee date and it didn't go well. And he decided, I'm going to go meet my friends at Chili's. <laughs> it's possible that he went home and took a nap. Like he was not there for so long. And I was just trying to figure out where he was because I just didn't understand. And I thought you were hardcore checking out this guy with no shame. No, no not shame at all. in your game. Not even in the slightest. That's how I knew that we were going to be friends. Because <laughs> your, oh, your facial reactions are just my favorite. Wow, thank and you so, so much. So much sass. It's great. So You're welcome. Other than a Disney enthusiast <clears throat> and a facial expression expert, what are you? Who are you? Well, I am God's daughter. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, no, uh, I mean, I am, but I am a middle school English teacher, which probably is the biggest thing in my life that I identify with. Um, I'm also in grad school to do something bigger and better with my life. Um, I am forever single. I <laughs> do you want to be forever single? Seven. Obviously not. But also like this is gonna I don't know. I like know my worth and so I'm not gonna just date. To Rachel date. is one of the people who speaks so much life into like the single girls in our ministry. I swear. You're like the epitome of Set those boundaries high. And one of the, the woman who brought me to Kensington, she uh -huh. told me one of like, it stuck with me so long. And she told me, don't be afraid to hold the hoop high. The right Ooh. one will learn how to jump through it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah, no, that's, it stuck but that's like me. what I, that's pretty much how I like live my life though, is I just have very high I don't want to say high expectations as far as, like, expecting there to be a perfect man. Yeah. But just high expectations in how I deserve to be pursued. Yeah. And what I deserve out of a relationship and out of, and in the character of a man. Yeah. So and I'm I not going to, like, settle for anything less don't than that. Settle. So Never settle for less. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, I just, I love my job. I love um, uh, speaking into the lives of girls in our young adult community and challenging people. And I don't know, I just, yeah. Hmm. I'm Rachel. <laughs> you love The Bachelor? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you yeah, watched this season at all? Um, well, so I was in Vegas for a week, and yeah. that threw me off. Um, so I'm getting caught up, but it's you kind do of still watch it. Though. I still watch it religiously, even though this whole season like sucks, and everyone is significantly younger than me on the show. Yeah. So you know, just really feel washed up when that <laughs> happens. <laughs> You're not that old either. I know, but everyone is no joke 23 on the show. Yeah. Like, they I know, talk I did of, notice that. One of the girls is 28, and all the 23-year-olds, like, talked bad about her because she was desperately trying. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, okay. But, Jeez. yeah, so I love The Bachelor. Um, not um, that that's what I want my life to be like, but it's just very entertaining. Yeah. Um, I get yeah. you. So... That's me. You'll watch. You'll never be a contestant unless you're the Bachelorette. I've been nominated to be on the show before. Sure. Yeah, my friend submitted me, and I was never. They never contacted me. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I would do it because I think if you do it, you have to quit your job, and like that's not. Yeah. That's not something I would ever yeah. want to do. I so. think your standards surpass whatever the Bachelor could offer you. Thank you. Don't lower your standards. Oh. I've done that. Don't lower. No. <laughs> nope. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else I need to share about myself? Oh, we can get to the good stuff oh, real good. quick here. So, I was thinking. Sorry, I had to. Oh, I have, I'm drinking some burners right now. I think it's important to note because um, <laughs> we, ate we just ate some very questionable Thai food. <laughs> We both, we intended to start this podcast a while ago, but we were both dying on the couch for some time. Yeah. I don't know. I have like a pit in my, right underneath my sternum. (laughs) I I was like, I'm going to throw up. And she was like, something hurts. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what's going on. So we're drinking Verner's and tea. We're Not to get too graphic. It's not like a intestinal like no. it's just it's just it feels ick. like a rock <laughs> under my ribs and it hurts <sighs> anyway i was thinking let me know if you're game for this but okay. i think that we should flip the tables okay what do you mean <laughs> i mean that i have listened to what is it now you've released 11 episodes yeah, something like that. And I know your story, but maybe some of your listeners don't. And so I think that instead of making this episode about Rachel Robert, the episode should be about Rachel Lambert. My hands are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> because here's my thing, is you have created such an amazing platform for yourself. And, um, you have the ability to, like, speak into so many people's lives. Um, but ultimately, I think people want to know your story. And they want to know that they can, like... I think I referenced it on, like, a lot of podcasts. But we need to hear it as a cohesive whole. Yeah. Oh, it's a doozy of a story, too. So, I have no questions planned. So we'll see how this goes. Okay. Uh, Rachel Lambert, who are you? Wow. That's um, how you always start your podcast. I know. So who are, who's Rachel Lambert? Oh my. I am a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. I 
Did you always, were you always no. a preschool teacher? I was a bartender for four years. I have been a student about 8,000 times <laughs> and have quit 8,002 times. Um, yeah, I guess like for a long time I was just bartender Rachel. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But I think I last year was my year of re-identifying myself. Ooh. So, yeah, that's exciting. Um, 2018 was 2018 quite a year. Was, uh, 2017, like, ruined me. 2018 was just, like, new me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what 2019 is yet. Yeah. It's going to get interesting. Out. It's March. I know. <laughs> it's going to get real. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm a teacher now. I don't ever want to bartend again. Um, I lead teenagers in a small group and life. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I guess that's it. Okay. <laughs> um. So, did you grow up in church? I did. I grew up Catholic. Um. You know, there's, like, nothing against, like, the Catholic Church, but for me, it just always felt very Mm works-based, and I frequently felt like I wasn't good enough and that I'd fail, and especially it started, like, in high school, like, I would start to fail, like, repeatedly, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's just, like, everybody in high school kind of goes through that, where it's, like, you stop being the child and you're, you know, like we would have to go to confession all the time, which is like to a priest and, you know, the sins that you're confessing change from I fought with my brother to like, you know, something much greater. So I have a question. Yeah. Sorry, I should have looked. No, it's okay. (laughs) I've just, I did not grow up in the Catholic church, but Uh like all of my family did. When you say confession, mm-hmm. is it like in the movies where you yeah. go into like a yeah. cubicle 100%. and you're on one side and the priest is on the other and there's like a curtain yeah. or whatever it is? Well, you can choose between a curtain or face-to-face. Oh. And a lot of times I did face-to-face just because I felt like one, like the conversation that we would have usually was better, mm-hmm. like when there was like facial contact, but also like... I don't know. I think, like, what I did like about confession, like, is that it makes you verbally confess things that, like, you've done instead of just, like, think them in your head and, like, talk to God about them. So, like, that was always, like, it was nice and everything. Like, it felt good to, like, get it off your chest. And, like, it was also really cool, like, when you would get, like, a really awesome priest who would talk to you about these things. So I did grow up with one priest in particular who, like, I would go to confession to him, like, once or twice a month, and we would, like, actually, like, it was, like, the longest confession. People were probably like, what did she do? <laughs> but you but just got him talking. We Yeah, we would just, like, talk about life, and, like, it was more, like, I think that's, like, the intention behind it. Yeah. Um, As opposed to a lot of times it did end up turning into, like, me telling and then them being like oh ten hail marys and you're forgiven (laughs) and i won't go into it but yeah it just it definitely created like this thing in my head of just like well the charts already tell like if i don't go to confession for six months like i have six months of stuff i might as well just keep going because which is so wrong like that's not what the mindset should be but that's like what mine ended up turning into so it was kind of like I just I think that was the beginning of me kind of like falling away from my faith was like 
I will never be good enough, so why try? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I grew up going to church every Sunday. Like, you literally, my parents, like, if you didn't have, like, a fever or you weren't, like, barfing your brains out, like, you would be in church on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> like, you were not allowed to, like, skip because you had a headache. Mm-hmm. It was not okay. Okay. But, yeah, it was every Sunday I would go. I was involved. I don't know if you knew this. I was involved in their young adult community that they, oh. like, just started. No, I didn't. When I, like, I was a senior in high school and then graduated high school. I was involved in it. Um, now that I look back, though, I think it was more of a, hey, look at me thing. Oh. It wasn't a heart thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's very different from there to here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a very, like, my heart is in a very different place with God. Mm-hmm. So, what was the, like, when did you stop going to church? Um. And Why? I stopped going because I just felt like I stopped going probably when I was in college mm-hmm. because I start, it was when I started bartending because I wasn't going to church at 9.30 in the morning with my parents anymore because I wouldn't get home until like 1 or 2. Right. So I was telling them I was going to the 1 o'clock in the afternoon mass when I wasn't actually going at all. And it started where I would actually go to a coffee shop. I would go to Desert Oasis with my Bible and bring my Bible <laughs> there. But, like, this isn't, like, a secret about, like, the Catholics. But, like, we're not good at the Bible. Like, <laughs> I never grew up, like, really reading the Bible. Like, so I had no idea what I was doing, what I was interpreting. There was nobody for me to bounce things off uh-huh. of. Like, so then that only lasted for like two months and then after that I was like I would just like go to Starbucks and go on Pinterest or something <laughs> like I would just leave my house for like an hour yeah. and pretend that I went to church yeah pin church no <laughs> gonna try to come up with a creative name that <laughs> okay so you stopped going to church when you started bartending so yeah. then what that was probably like a huge just shift in your world when yeah. you went from what were you doing for work? Were you working before bartending or not uh, really? No, I was in high school. I just, I played a lot of softball. So my parents, their deal with us growing up was you don't have to work if you're playing a sport. Mm-hmm. So I played, like I played softball 11 months out of the year. So. <laughs> 12 months was All rest. Yes. <laughs> my parents didn't let me play softball. It was like the, like December. So it was yeah. like Christmas and stuff going yeah. on. So like I didn't do anything. But, um. Yes, yeah, so it was like I went to Lutheran North, mm-hmm. so it was like a private Christian high school, and and like my I used it I had like craved the world though, and that's mm-hmm. like one specific thing I remember like always dealing with was like I was so curious about just everything, and I wasn't curious about like drinking with my friends at somebody's basement party. Like I had like a deep curiosity about bars and about like clubs Mm -hmm. and all this stuff so we used to like where do you think that came from I have no idea like it's just always been a curiosity like if I like we used to go me and my friends used to go to like hookah bars all the time because (laughs) one of them would turn 18 and then they'd sneak all of us like all you have to do is go up to the counter and get the hookah and show him your ID and then everybody else that came in they didn't ID at the door it was just the idea at the counter. So, like, as soon as the one, like, first person got it, like, there was a club by us that we would, like, all smoke hookah at. And it was very, like, clubby. 
And, like, when I was in high school, I used to, like, hang out there all the time. So, like, maybe that's where it started, but there was definitely... Gentlemen, welcome back. Rachel just dropped the microphone onto the floor, which then fell onto this wire shelf thing. So I apologize if she did not edit it out and you had to hear all of that. (laughs) My bad. Wow. That was was not my fault. That's all I know. I know I crossed my legs and then we were off the air. Anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know, like, it could have come from that, but it was just, like, that's what I wanted to do all Mm -hmm. the time, so I think it's just, like, an adrenaline thing inside of me Mm -hmm. that I think, like, just recently I, like, realized that it's, like, still a thing Mm -hmm. in me that I love the adrenaline rush of doing things I shouldn't be doing, Mm -hmm. which is a bizarre, that's so not me. (laughs) What's the rule? Because I need to know what I am not allowed to do. No, I need to know the rule so I can break it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So what was that shift like then in your world, your perception of the world? Like, how did life change once you started bartending? Um, Well, I didn't bartend at, like, a restaurant or anything by any means. Um, It was my friend's parents' bar, and it was definitely, like, a dive bar. Is that the one you worked at for a long time? Or I worked... There, I never worked at a place over, like, a year. Oh, okay. Um, So in the four years, I worked at four different bars. Okay. And the first one was definitely, like, the most prominent. Um, It was a dive bar, which, like, if you don't know, like, it's just, like, your neighborhood bar. Like, everybody knows everybody. You no go one's there. coming in a suit. No, absolutely not. If they are, they're coming from a wedding, like, right, right, to right. get drunk, like, at this bar. Like, it's just... It's not a place that you, like, dress up, and, like, it was, like, a really different, like, I've never experienced a community like that, because, like, everybody knew each other. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody knew each other's story, everybody knew each other's parents, children, sibling, like, everybody knows everything. So Was it, like, knew, like, the real stuff about everybody, or, like, just knew about No, like, people? knew the real, like, they only hung out with each other. So then, did you feel like this community was, like, a lot healthier than, like, the Catholic community because no, you, I knew it, was, it like, wasn't real? healthy. Okay. I knew it wasn't a healthy community, but at the same time, I knew that, like you said, like, they were real. Yeah. And I was a new person put into the community, which mm-hmm. doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, the same 30, 40 people you'd see all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, a new person that came in, and a majority of the people are, like, over age 40. Sure. And I just really, like, got along with everybody, like, right to the get-go. Like, everybody wanted me to hang out there, but I was, again, only 18. Right. So this kind of gave me, like, that taste of, like, what the world is like mm-hmm. without going full in because I wasn't 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, like... I think that's just, like, really where, like, everything started, and I was, like, and that, like, sustained me for a while. I got to know everybody super well. I did, like, make some really awesome, like, connections there, mm-hmm. um, 
but it just, I mean, those became friends for, like, years yeah. of my life. And, like, that, I mean, I was there almost every weekend for four years. Wow. At le- Not even weekend. Like, I could go there at any point in time, any point in the day, and I would know somebody there. Sure. So, it just, and then the bartender who was working there at the time, it was a guy, and, like, I don't care who you are, if you are a bartender and you are working behind a bar with somebody you find remotely attractive, like, a bar is small, something's going to happen, (laughs) like, you are going behind (laughs) each other, like, there's touching, there's, like, close encounter, like... It's just, like, a recipe for that. And, like, Mm -hmm. plus just, like, the atmosphere and everything, like, there's alcohol involved, which is all this stuff, and dancing, and laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a party all the time. So, it didn't take long for me and the bartender to start dating, but I was 19 by that point. Like, just turned 19. Yeah. And then, it was, like, two weeks after my birthday. So I just turned 19, he was 26, and we, like, made out the first time, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, my parents were not a fan. <laughs> um, they made me quit the bar, and that was, like, I wasn't allowed to go there. And it wasn't just a bar, like, that they would never find out that I was at, because my best friend at the time, sure. her parents owned the bar. Sure. So my dad told them I'm not allowed to go there, so they told me I'm not allowed to go there. Mm-hmm. So the only time I could see this guy, though, was at the bar. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, like, getting his phone number, and we just, like, snuck around for, like, ten months mm-hmm. without, like, anybody knowing, really, that we were together, other than, like, a select few people. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall of that year, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, almost the whole year. It was, like, after Thanksgiving, like, oh, wow. around that time, yeah, because I remember the whole bar was your decorated in February. February. Okay. So it was, like, the whole year, like, we had, like, snuck around, mm-hmm. and um, my dad told me I could go back because he was surprised that this guy stuck around for 10 months. Wow. Because um, my dad's like, I know that you're seeing him, like, yeah, how yeah. dumb do you think I am? So, like, the fact that he stuck around for 10 months, my dad was like, okay, well, like, he's clearly interested in you, so, like, my dad met him, and it was, like, he was like, actually, I really like the guy, and I was allowed to go back to the bar. So, then, I mean, it was just a full-force relationship from, Mm -hmm. like, that point on. So, we were going to the bar, like... All the time, because that's, like, where both of, like, our entire, like, lives were. Mm-hmm. I made some friends with, Was like, he still bartending yes. there at that point? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was, and then, like, because I was only, like, 19, and he was bartending, like, I could drink and, right, like, all right. this stuff. Like, it didn't matter, and um, I don't think I ever drank there, but I would drink at my friend's house and then who lived across the parking lot. Sure. And we would walk there and he knew that I was drunk, but like it didn't like he wasn't gonna do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So he um Yeah, I don't know. Like it was just that whole first year was just like really good for like the two of us. We just mm-hmm. like really connected and he was like my best friend and like really I mean like you would think that something traumatic would happen, like Oh, right. we're, you know, there's a reason that, like, no, and I just, like, didn't see it because, like, he was literally, like, my best friend. I had mm-hmm. so much fun with him. He treated me, like, amazing. Yeah. And 
he never gave like any red flags or anything. Mm. So we just like became like best friends, and, like inseparable. Mm-hmm. So that was like our first year of our relationship. Um, which like looking back, like actually was really cool to be with somebody like in secret for 10 months. Like, I don't know. It was just like nice to not have anybody else's opinion put yeah. onto a relationship. And like, we just really got to like know each other. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like, while that feels great, like, you also don't get to hear other people's experiences, Mm -hmm. like, with that person. Um, So it's definitely, like, a double-edged sword because as soon as we started dating and, like, it was full-fledged, like, we were very serious, obviously. Um, One of his – or two of his best friends sat me down at the bar while he was bartending. And they were, like, just letting you know – um, he has a drinking problem. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, at this point, we had been together for over a year. We had drank together. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And they were like, well, we haven't seen it really as much since you guys have been dating. So maybe, like, he's trying to get it together for you, but just letting you know he has a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Like, it's been a year. I don't see it and all this stuff. And they were like, okay, just, like, keep it on your radar. Okay. And I was like, okay. So they, like, told me all these stories that supposedly happened. And, like, I'm just writing it off my brain. Like, yeah, but I fixed him because he loves me. Because you're a two on the Enneagram. Yeah. And you just like to help people. (laughs) So (laughs) accurate. So he, um, I was very shortly after that conversation that we, I slept over his apartment that night and... I witnessed him drink an entire fifth of vodka oh and do gosh. shots of Jameson in between while drinking it. I, was I don't totally, even drink, and I know that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, I don't know how he wasn't, like, just barfing up a storm, but, right. like, he, like, didn't remember the whole night. And I remember being so, like, baffled by that, being like, you don't remember? like anything and he was like no like did you see how much I drank and I remember that being like huh Uh -huh. that was weird like why could he drink that much like Mm -hmm. that was crazy but it didn't like really bother me because like nothing happened like he just didn't remember Mm -hmm. the night Mm -hmm. um so that was like the first like red flag I guess Mm -hmm. um but then we just like went on and it was year two I think That was, like, the first time that, like, things just really fell apart and just, like, all of year two, year three, stuff like that. Like, there was just a lot of drinking, a lot of blacking out nights, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it just came to a point um, in year four where I told him, at this point, we have been planning a wedding. Like, we had been together, but he was my best friend. Like, I loved him with, like, everything inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he loved me, too, like, with everything. Um, but I got to a point where I told him, like, me or alcohol, like, we're not going through with a wedding if you can't stop drinking. Sure. And he, after a few months of just, like, back and forth were, like, he was trying to convince me to let him drink and I was like no and then I tried to step away from the relationship but then like I'd miss him and I'd go back and Mm -hmm. like just back and forth like I try to like stand my ground really firmly but then it's like I loved him so 
I was like, I don't want to lose him though. So after like a few months of just like a lot of conversation, um, we ended up getting back together as like, I thought that we were like well on the way to get back together mm -hmm. and he decided that he was going to pursue somebody else oh. and it was just like the worst like pain that I've ever felt mm -hmm. like ever in my life. Um, he like blocked my number, blocked me on Facebook, mm -hmm. like just completely cut me out of his life. Sure. Um, so yeah, at that point I was bartending elsewhere. Um, and I went to a party mm -hmm. and we weren't together at that point. And I went to a party and I just remember just like, I don't know. I was very careless, like at this point, mm -hmm. like, because everything that I had been like preparing for, like thinking that I was going to be married, like within the next like year and a half or something, like everything was like, well, I don't have a guy that I have to like look out for. Cause it was always like me having to cut him off at parties and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they were like, Oh, do you like want to smoke weed? And I was like, sure. Like I did this in high school all the time. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> um, and I still to this day, like don't know what it was, but like it wasn't weed and like they definitely did something to it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the scariest and craziest thing I've ever experienced. Like I was hallucinating and just like all this stuff, like I was throwing up, like forcibly throwing up and everything. Mm -hmm. And so that was really scary. So like, I feel like that did like a mental shift to me where it was like, I didn't trust anybody because I had like all my walls up um, from being hurt so badly and just not being over it. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time it was like, the people who I thought were my friends, like somebody did that to me and yeah. I just like lost all control completely. So I'm trying to think of like where I am. Do you have any questions yet? <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of know like all of this. Yeah. So I can save my questions until the end unless you want me to kind of guide no, where fine. Okay, so <laughs> you as after he broke up with you mm -hmm. and, like, said he was going to pursue someone else and you just kind of said that you started to party more. Yeah. What was that season of life like? Like, wh where – what was your goal in that season or did you have one? I honestly remember multiple times thinking, like, I don't think I'm going to live past 25, so I might as well go out with a bang. Why do you think that? I just didn't. Or why did you, like, think that? Just because, like, the only thing that I knew how to do was party and party yeah. hard. And I was like, I don't really care to live this very long, but yeah. I don't really know, like, care to live any other way sure. either. So I remember literally, like, telling my friends before, I'm like, do you ever feel like you're going to die really young and you don't know why? <laughs> like, it was a bizarre stage oh, wow. to be in. Yeah. Like, I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, I was, like, just drinking a lot, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. I stopped doing any drugs after, like, that whole situation happened. Um, but you didn't, you were still living in that party lifestyle. Though. Oh, yeah, I didn't stop anything yeah. at all. Um, so, yeah, I ended up, uh, like, regularly 
I'm sorry if any of my relatives are listening, but it's about, if you're weird about that stuff, it's about to get a little Just raunchy. Just be real. We're going to get real, but it's going to get raunchy. Um... So after that, I just started hooking up with, like, everybody that I could find. Um, let me back up because that, like, didn't happen right away. Um, I started hooking up with this one specific guy who um, was, he just, like, I don't know. I didn't want any relationship, and I knew he wasn't a relationship guy. Mm. But I was, like, attracted to him, and he was attracted to me. So, like, we just hooked up, like, all the time. And he was the only one that I was, like, really hooking up with. And he talked to me a lot about my ex and stuff like that. And he seemed like a really safe guy and a really good guy and whatever. And he was just, like, the person that would call me at night and Mm. all this stuff. So, and then I was still, like, partying all the time. But he was kind of, like, my safe person, like, Mm -hmm. in my brain. Um, And then after... um, a few, it was like a few weeks of just like doing that with him. Um, I went out with one of my friends and that night, uh, I like made out with this guy and I remember. This guy that you had been hooking up with? No, no, no. a different Different guy. guy. Okay. And, um, I came back from the bar like with him and all that stuff and I was like making out with him but I remember thinking like I don't want to have sex with this guy And then that night, he had different plans, and that was, like, the first night that I got raped. So, it's just, like, after so many things, like, this had all happened in, like, three weeks. Wow. Like. Between breaking up and It was breaking up, getting drugged, and this, like, all happened in, like, three weeks. Yeah. Wow. So, it was just so much for me to, like, mentally handle. Mm -hmm. So... I remember I just, like, didn't deal with it in my brain at all. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know. I know it affected me, Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't affect me how it usually affects people. Mm -hmm. Where, like, most girls, like, don't want to be touched anymore. Um, But I think that there's a bigger group um, because it feels, it still feels like because I didn't react in that way that it couldn't have been rape. But I know that it was because I was saying no. I was trying sure. to push him off of me, but it didn't matter. But because I didn't feel disgusted when people touch me, like, it feels like it... I, like, invalidate it, like, in my own yeah. brain. But at yeah. the same time, after that happened, I wanted to, like, hook up with everybody. Because mm. I was like, this is my body. Like, I'm going to decide I'm what gonna happens to it. I'm going to do it on my terms. Yeah. yeah. But then... It is, like, a psychology thing of, like, after that happens, like, your terms are all the time. Mm. And I think you're trying to disconnect yourself with that person by hooking up with so many other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, like, multiple times, like, in a row. Like, every weekend. Mm-hmm. I was trying to, like, hook up with somebody new. Um, so then January... Came around. So yeah, this all happened at the beginning of November. And then December was just hooking up with a bunch of people. And then January was probably the worst month. Um, I don't think I ever told you like about this part. Oh no, now I'm excited. So, <laughs> so yeah, January is probably the worst. Um, 
it just a lot of things um, went down and it got really like graphic. Um, the guy who I had been hooking up with like regularly, who was like my safe person, um, ended up asking me at some point, he was like, hey, you're really good at like what you do. Uh, do you want to get paid like to do this? And I was like, what do you mean? Like I was such an idiot. And he was like, well, there's like strip clubs like in Detroit that I know about that aren't like publicized strip clubs. And that's like where you make the real money because that's like where like I got the hookup with all these dealers mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I legitimately was going to do it. Wow. I just knew that I was working with my dad. So I'd have to figure out a reason that I couldn't work at the lumber yard anymore with right. my dad. And that was like the only thing holding me back is like, how am I supposed to prove to my parents without, because they would always visit me at the bars that I was working at. Like, not like always, but they would pop in at least when I first started to like see where I worked and like mm -hmm. whatever and like eat there. But I couldn't tell them that I worked anywhere because like they would have to come visit and right. they wouldn't like, I'm not going to be like, hey dad, come visit me at the strip club. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So I like considered it for a while and I don't know, like, I don't even know, like, why I didn't do it, but, like, I was still, like, hooking up with him and everything, and then, oh, my stomach just dropped, um, there was a was night, the <laughs> I know, <laughs> um, there was a night, this is the one that I don't think you know about, okay. um, I don't know, I don't really talk about it that much, because it was really bad, um, but there was a night that I met with this guy I don't remember most I was wasted like completely wasted and I remember having like a mental breakdown that night to my friend and I was just like a crying out for help mm -hmm. and I was just like I don't love myself I don't know what's going on like all this stuff is going on it was the first night that I admitted that like I had been raped and I was like I'm not <laughs> happy that I didn't want that it like all this stuff like it just like poured out and all this like friend did was like buy me shots at the bar and like which is so typical like of this generation too like that's how people solve their problems which irritates the crap out of me because it just makes bigger problems mm -hmm. when you react to them mm -hmm. because you're drunk and mm -hmm. upset now so she was just like feeding me shots and shots and shots and then for some reason I told her that I wanted to go home with this guy and it was from the first bar that I worked at mm -hmm. because he said he was having a party and I was like, I want to go to his party, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't want you to go to the party. I'm like, no, I want to go to the party. And like, I don't even remember any of this. Like she told me that this was like oh, what wow. I was saying. So apparently this guy was having a party and I was like, I want to go. And I've known this guy for like years, like mm -hmm. since I was 18 and he's significantly older than me. Like he's in his forties. And he's like a big dude. And I went over there and I just remember like blips of the night, but mm. like I remember walking in, it was just me. And then I remember being in his bed and it was just me. And I remember crying and screaming and it was just me. And then I remember waking up and it was blood. And I knew that we had sex. Mm. And I was like, oh my God. And it was like three in the morning. And I just, like, Ubered out of there and went to my car. And I was probably still drunk when I got to my car. And I just, like, drove home. And I remember, like, driving in the expressway, like, praying that, like, a car would just, like, crash into me. Because mm -hmm. I, like, couldn't handle, like, that happened. And it was, like, 
such a graphic one where it was like, I don't know, like, it was so different than, like, the first one. Because, mm-hmm. like, the first guy, like, I was, like, I don't know, like, I was still, like, into him, and while I was, like, saying no and stuff, it wasn't as forceful as this one, where it's just, like, it's, like, a scary movie, like, in my brain, because I don't remember the whole thing, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like, the things that I think my brain freaked out about are, like, the things that I remember, like, holy crap, I'm alone here, and then it was, like, oh my gosh, I'm in his bed, and then it was, Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I don't want this. Mm -hmm. So, that was, like, the second time and that was like in January so now when you say January are you talking January 2018 like just last year yeah okay so then in February I was just like partying even harder and I remember Mm -hmm. literally there were so many nights that I was taking shots I didn't want to take but thinking it's like medicine it'll erase it at least for tonight like there were just so many mess up nights and at this point I did start like, thinking about reading my Bible. Wow. (laughs) Like, that was it. I think I was just, like, starting to reach for anything, but, like, Mm -hmm. I had zero direction of, like, what to do. Mm -hmm. So, but then it was also, like, always, God, why didn't you give me my boyfriend back? Or why did you, it was, like, all these conditional prayers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, that would happen after, like, reading anything in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, and then at the same time, like, I was reading the Bible, but then I was going to the little store by us and buying like stones for energy and like all this stuff yeah so like I feel like I was like treating the bible as like another like good luck charm almost um so God's not getting into those prayers (laughs) so he I don't know I don't know anyway um I went to a club one of the nights with my friends Mm -hmm. And I blame Fifth Avenue for this. (laughs) So I always tell my friends, like, nothing good ever happens at Fifth Ave. And it's just this big club in Royal Oak, and it's a bunch of douchey guys. And one of the guys that I had previously hooked up with saw on my Snapchat story that I was there. Oh, no. So he was like, hey, come say hi. And I'm like, okay. So I went downstairs, and this guy had, like, the personality of a rock, I swear. Like, he was so attractive. I know. So he, um... He was, like, really attractive and, like, nice, but I was just, like, not into him like that. But I went downstairs... Because, like, the club is upstairs and, like, the bar is downstairs. So, like, he was at the bar. So, I go downstairs and I say hi and I go to go back upstairs. And the security guards were like, you can't go back upstairs. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, we close off access at 1.30. And I'm like, you just saw me come downstairs. Like, all my friends are upstairs. And they were like, no, sorry. Like, you can't go upstairs. And I'm like, I'm alone down here. Like, what do you mean? So then, of course, it's just me and this kid because these security guards won't let me back upstairs and they won't let my friends come down. Like, they had to go out a different exit upstairs. Like, they close off access to either of them. Wow. So this kid literally orders an Uber to my house. And I was like, what the heck? And he's like, I'm coming over tonight. And I was like, no, I don't want you to. Like, I wasn't in the mood. I wasn't even drunk. Like, I just wanted to go home. I was angry mm-hmm. at the security guards. And he was like, no, I'm going, I'm coming over. I'm coming over like all the time. And I was just like, fine, whatever. So we came over and 
and we hooked up and then I fell asleep and then I woke up to him having sex with me and I was like this is not happening again Mm -hmm. like this is not this is not a theme nobody's gonna believe me even if I say this because like this doesn't happen to people three times in like three months like this Mm -hmm. isn't real so then the next day he leaves and whatever and then I like that night just like went in my shower and I remember just like washing my body with soap so vigorously and I was just like I hate who I am like trying to like wash off my body mm-hmm. and I just like realized like it was just like my inner being and yeah. like soul that was just so dirty and gross and like I didn't want anything to do with my mm-hmm. like with myself mm-hmm. so I was like I'm done I don't want this anymore and so I grabbed a razor and I sat down in my tub and I was like, I'm literally going to kill myself right now, God, if you don't show up, like I need you to show up right now, if you're real. And it was, it's hard to explain this to people <laughs> like who haven't experienced this, but mm-hmm. it was like the biggest wave of all of a sudden, like I was so happy and joyous. And it's like when you're really excited for something, you have butterflies in your stomach mm-hmm. and it was like all this stuff was happening and I was so happy I, like, started sobbing because I was just, like, happy and I felt loved and, like, I loved myself and, like, all these crazy feelings, Mm -hmm. like, happened. And I, like, knew that that was God because I was, like, literally at the lowest point of my life hating myself and within two seconds, Mm -hmm. right after I called God, like, he was there. Mm -hmm. And there was no condition. There was no, like do this, do that, like, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I was, like, I just need comfort, and I just Mm -hmm. need you to be here, Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's one thing that through my life, um, God's never held back from, is just every time I ask him to be there, like, he's there, Mm -hmm. so ever since, like, that moment, like, I just, I don't know, I just started chasing that, like, nonstop, when was that, like, what, it was the week after Valentine's Day. All right, so February. Yes. 2018. Yeah. Literally like a year ago. Yeah. Wow. So there was a lot of like trial and error. I stopped having sex at that point. I think I like kind of hooked up with a few other people. I think maybe one guy. And then I was like, this feels like I'm losing the connection with God. And I remember actually feeling that, that like that night I would go home and like pray. I don't even know, like, I feel weird even saying the word pray. Like I would literally just converse with God and be like, this sucks. You would go to (laughs) confession with God. Yeah. But it was so like casual and it was just like, that's like where the relationship started with Uh God instead of like talking to him. Like I don't even know him. Mm -hmm. And I remember every time, like, I would start to fall back into it or go get drunk or whatever. It was like, ugh, I don't feel that connection right now. Mm -hmm. And then I think the most important thing is that, like, I didn't feel bad. I was just like, oh, that's a different direction I have to take now. Okay. And it was like, okay, I can't do that because I'll lose my connection. And as soon as I would, like, make that connection in my brain... I would, like, regain my connection with God. Wow. And then, like, I'd go some, like, to the other side mm-hmm. and, like, hook up with somebody and then be like, ugh, that made me lose my connection. And, it, like, it was just constantly, like, recentering yeah. me um, to be able to know, like, where God is. And mm-hmm. I never 
felt like I felt like I don't know, I never felt guilty mm-hmm. necessarily. Like, I feel like God, like, took that out of the picture because my guilt before drove me away from him. Wow. That now it was like, no, just, like, come get comfort from me. Like, right. you're just lacking comfort. You're not gaining guilt. Right. So. That's a really interesting way to put it. Yeah. It awesome. was. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so it was just a lot of, like, I don't know, I feel like, there was no, like, God knew I was, like, learning him, mm-hmm. and there was just constant, like, and quick embracing and everything, mm-hmm. and there wasn't ever a moment of, like, extended disconnect with mm-hmm. him, and I knew exactly what it was every time I did have a disconnect with God, like, what I had been doing, um, so then I reached out to, um, one of the girl's mom's who I had latchkey, like I was her latchkey teacher and I was really close with their family and I knew she was really Christian. <laughs> uh, so she went to Kensington, which is like a non-denomina- non-denominational church by us. And she was like, you should try it and all this stuff. And I just told her about our, like my breakup, like she had no idea about all this other stuff that had happened to me. Um, and that I did to myself as well. Like, she has no idea. Mm-hmm. She'll be hearing it for the first time on this podcast. Sorry, Jen. Oh, my gosh. That's, <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, I'm sure she'll, I think, love to know, like, what a big part yeah. she played. Oh, my gosh. It was huge. Getting you because out of that. Because I think I was just, like, like, that can only sustain you for so long, mm-hmm. like, learning God on your own, mm-hmm. which I think was a really cool relationship foundation with yeah. God, is that I never felt his wrath. Because yeah. I wasn't listening. Like, he knew where my heart was. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> like, but then as soon as he placed, like, I think that was my biggest thing. It's like, okay, so whatever God places on my heart, like, I'm just going to go for it. Because I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I crashed and burned real quick. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not good at doing this on my own. Um, so, as soon as, like, it was crazy. It was, like, in the shower one day. Everything happens in the shower. All deep thoughts. <laughs> and I was just like, I think I should contact Jen. And so, like, that night, I, like, went upstairs and, like, texted her. And I was like, hey, can we meet up for coffee? Because I just feel like I could relate with you on some stuff. And, like, you've always been just, like, so incredible to me and everything. And that was, like, the first person that really poured into me, like, the correct way. Wow. And I never felt, like, judged by her mm-hmm. or anything. And I don't know. She just, like, showed me, like, so much love, even though I hadn't been in my faith for years. And she was just, like, so excited for me. Like, we cried together. We oh laughed. We were, like, in Panera for, like, three hours. Aww. Like, so it was just really, like, the beginning of, like, she was the first person that started to, like, guide my steps in the mm-hmm. right way. And that she showed me, like, so much love. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like, this is a person of God. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is how I feel like God is towards me. So it was, like, very much, like, just searching somebody. Mm-hmm. Or, like, for somebody who shows me the same love that God has been showing me to be able to, like, n- help me navigate through life. Oh, my gosh. So, then I went to Kensington. 
And then I joined 18 Did you <laughs> Did you go to a weekend service I at Kensington? I went to a Sunday service, and it was baptisms. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I got to walk in and hear all these people's testimonies. Oh, my gosh. Which service did you go to? 1030. Okay, I was at that yeah. one. Yeah. You went to Troy? Yeah. Okay, I was there. It was, like, so good. That's so cool. I was sobbing uh-huh. the whole time. And I seriously, I don't know if it was, but I feel like Jesus sat next to me. <laughs> Rachel, he probably, he does. <laughs> because I remember walking in, if, if it wasn't Jesus, it was very strategically planned by God. Because I remember walking in here thinking like, I'm a hippie, I don't <laughs> wear bras, I smoke <laughs> cigarettes, like oh all God. this stuff. I believe in yoga and the moons and the energy, like I'm never going to fit into church and like all this stuff. Like I had such a bad image of church people in uh-huh. my brain. That, like, so I go and I sit, and I've never seen this person again in my life, okay? Okay. And I sit, did I ever tell you this? No! Okay, so I I'm sit on the edge of my seat. I sit with Kelly, and this guy comes in and sits next to me. Like, right next to you? He was one seat okay. away, and the whole row was open, and he came and sat, like, with one seat in between us, and he had dreadlocks, tattoos, like a white button-down shirt, and had eyes that literally, he turned around and shook my hand, like, when it was, like, time to, like, say hello to whoever you're sitting by. The bluest eyes I've ever seen that, like, I felt like he looked directly at my soul. And it was, like, I was, like, I bet he's not going to pray. Like, somebody's probably forcing him to be here right now. And when they were praying and, like, worshiping, he was sitting down. Because I think it would have been a lot for me to be sitting, like, next to somebody who was, like, standing and worshiping. Because I was just, like, these church people. But he was sitting down and just had his hands open. And I was, like... Oh my gosh, he loves Jesus. Like, actually loves Jesus, and I think he wants to be here. Yeah. I've never seen him again in my life. Oops. I just bumped the table. (laughs) God, like, for sure must have placed him right next to you. It either was Jesus (laughs) or it was somebody who, like, was very specifically placed by me. Wow. That's I feel so like cool. I would recognize him from church, too. Like, how many guys do you see with dreadlocks in church? And, like, literally tattoos all over the place. His That's whole hands so cool. were tattooed. And it was just like... If he hadn't have been there, do you think you would have been as open? No. Wow. I really don't think so. Because wow. I was like, if this guy likes this church, like, they clearly... If he feels welcomed and that he belongs here, like, what... It's gotta be oh good. Oh my gosh, for me. I never knew that. Yeah. It was such a huge part. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So if anybody's listening out there and you know who I'm talking <laughs> about, I would like to meet I him. I would like to meet him. So yeah. That's so cool. Then after and then Drew, oh my gosh. And now I'm like remembering everything. So then there were baptisms going on yeah. and Drew got in the tub and there was somebody I don't even remember who was getting baptized, but I remember Drew going, Hey man, how are you? And he was like so funny and he had a man bun. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then they said something about like he's the 1829 pastor or whatever. Or like the young adult, whatever. And I was just like, he's like normal. And I was like blown away. Wow. And then I was like, okay, maybe I will check out like their young adult group. And then I met Nat, his wife, who was so cool. Yeah. And like edgy and like normal, whatever. And 
I didn't even know that they were married, like, and she was the sweetest thing to me. Mm-hmm. So then I came back on Thursday, and then I met you. Oh, my God. And then when I came there on Thursday, Cody Wilson was the one giving the talk. And you probably just and cried he, the whole time. And I cried the whole time. Yeah, that's what he does <laughs> So, like, in one week, I, like, heard Drew and saw him give a baptism. I heard Danny Cox give an amazing, like, obviously, I don't remember what it was, but I remember thinking, like, this is different. I like this. And he's, like, a pretty edgy guy, He is, yeah. And I was like, where am I? Mr. Dreadlocks is sitting next to me. I'm sure Nat was wearing something cool that I wouldn't expect. And, yeah, and then I heard Cody Wilson talk, and it was, like, crazy. And then I met you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So. And then I remember when I met you, and I was like, what time are we at? Do we need to no, wrap this fine. up? Oh, no. Okay. It's my podcast, okay? If my episode's <laughs> the longest one, it that's It probably fine. should be, because if you are hearts and glue, like, am. if people want to reach out, like, you are who they would be reaching out to. Exactly. So, it's important that people know you. Um, but I remember then, so I met you on, like, a Thursday... I don't remember the timeline, but it was, like, not long after meeting you. Like, maybe the next week or something. And you're like, you said, you texted me. And you go, so this small group that's online that says that it meets at, remember Mason and Jonathan's small group? Like, the location was super vague about where it was. And I I had been wanting to check it out. I forgot about that. Yeah, I had been wanting to check it out anyway. I don't. I had been once when they first started it, yeah. and then I was in another small group, so I just wasn't yeah. going to both, and I had been wanting to check it out again, and so you said that, and I said, well, let's go together, and so we went to Mason and Jonathan's small group, and... That was the same day that you... <laughs> oh, no. You held up a bag of, like, pork rinds, and you go, I think it... <laughs> No, this is embarrassing. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No. She held up a bag of pork rinds and goes, I think I'm going to try the keto diet. And I was like, are you sure? Because you're eating pork rinds right now. No, And you just moved into your apartment because I came there and, like, no, you were the only one there. Oh, yeah, I was the only one. There, and you so were far. like, I'm afraid of spending the night here. It was like your first night That was there my alone. first night there yeah. alone, and I was so scared. My door literally opens to a main road. It's scary. Anyway. Yeah, no, I remember I remember that now. Mm-hmm. Oh my and then gosh. I was, and then I, um, yeah, I had one pork rind and threw the bag away. It was disgusting. <laughs> Yeah, you were like, these are not good. They're like Meyer brand pork rinds. I don't know, whatever. That was that's in the past. We don't have to talk <laughs> we about never, it. We never did keto. No. Mm-mm. No, it's not worth it. No. <laughs> not worth it. So anyway, um, yeah. And then you got plugged into that small group and then I literally just I, inserted myself into yeah, the community. Yeah. And that was I think so cool. Um for me to see someone who, because I had just, like, been involved in church my whole life. Yeah. And so, oh, and a few weeks prior to that, I had given my testimony at 1829 
so you weren't involved yet. Yeah. So I remember you and I went and like got lunch or something after church one Sunday and I shared my story and you shared your story. Yeah, you so were the just... first person I ever shared my testimony with. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Aww. But I remember hearing your story and just seeing you just jump right in. And that was just so encouraging to me because, I don't know, like, always having done the right thing and all that stuff and just seeing someone who had not always done the right thing, who had done, like, the opposite. (laughs) I took all the rules and broke them all. (laughs) Yeah, and just seeing you jump right in and just have, and it I feel like I'm really good at reading people and you are. knowing if yeah. their heart is sincere or mm-hmm. not and just sensing that you had just the most sincere heart and this was genuinely just what you wanted. Yeah. It's, um, that was so encouraging to me. So just seeing someone just like so passionate. Oh, well, thanks. So, <laughs> so I remember that though. It was really, really yeah. awesome. One of the things that I remember like was so hard, um, was just, like, if I make this transition, I don't know who's going to be my friend. Like, I I really didn't have a big friend group as it was, like, when I was partying. And then I was like, if I start going to church and becoming a Jesus kid, like, I am not. And I remember having that conversation with God, like, if you want me to stick around with this, like, I need a family yeah. of friends. Like, yeah. I need it. Yeah. Was it, I mean, now I know that you have, like, very much a community of people that you just hold very close. Was that immediate, do you feel, or was it... I feel like it was was pretty quickly. But I also had, like, some weird courage of just, like, going to community events. Mm -hmm. Like, I just went. Like, Kelly helped, too, because, like, she was with me, like, through the whole thing, and I just, like, brought her along to everything. I was like, we're doing this. Um... But you're an extrovert, so I'm such it's an like extrovert. not even. I'm you such act an like, oh my gosh, I was so scared, but really, it was. It was <laughs> exciting. It was a thrill. I literally hosted a bonfire. What in like June? Yeah. And I just started going there at the beginning of May. Yeah, I remember that bonfire. <laughs> yeah, I just like invited whoever there. Oh yeah. And, like, people actually showed up. Mm -hmm. Like, that was so huge to me. I feel like that was the moment that I was like, okay, I can do this. Because these people are normal and cool. Yeah. And. Mm -hmm. And Levi brought his bunny rabbit named Mouse. So our friend Levi, he texted me that day. Do you remember this? I think it was in the group chat, but I'm not sure. Okay. But he was like, are you okay with pets at your house? And I was like, well... My house is really small, but I have a fenced-in backyard. But I think there might be a hole in it. How big is your dog? <laughs> Thinking, if you're bringing an animal to a bonfire, it's probably a dog. <laughs> and he was like, don't worry about that. That'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. So then Levi comes. And I thought it was kind of bold, but now that I know Levi, it's just Levi. <laughs> but... I'm going to have to tag him on this so that he listens. Yeah. But I remember he walked into my house and I was like, oh, I guess he didn't bring his dog and he has a satchel on. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he undoes his satchel and just pulls out a rabbit and puts it on my dinner table. And I was like, there's a rabbit on my, where I eat my my food. And he was so nonchalant about it. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Yeah. 
And I was just like, I don't know how to handle this. There's a bunny in my house. And the bunny's name is Mouse. The bunny's name is Mouse. And then... And so confusing. And Ferndale is full, the city I lived in, is full of rabbits. So many rabbits. So there was rabbits in the... Do you remember that? There was, like, other rabbits in our backyard. No. And it was like, Mouse, go meet your cousins. <laughs> okay, I remember him saying that now. Yeah. So bizarre. I don't know. He's a weird dude, but I love him. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I was just like... So, so he was kind funny. of a weird church kid. <laughs> I was worried about weird church kids. I didn't think it was going to come in the form of, like, one carrying a bunny in a satchel. Yeah. That's just, just Levi. Levi. <laughs> it does it. It's just Levi. Yeah. That is so funny. So, what has life been like since? It's been insane. Yeah? Literally How? insane. <sighs> I don't know. I think it's just a lot of, like learning how to follow God mm -hmm. and I can tell that he's challenging me more now that like my faith is maturing and it's a little bit more complicated and like not as clear as mm -hmm. it was before but like in a good way because now it's like I have to trust him I have to lean yeah. into him um and I think <laughs> those moments that you're like I can't breathe without leaning into God like I have nothing else mm -hmm. are the moments that like your faith just grows tremendously mm -hmm. so I think the biggest challenge is just like relearning how how do I want to word this like we kind of talked about it like earlier that I like objectify my own body mm -hmm. um and just learning, like, how, like, relationships are supposed to go, mm. how friendships are supposed to go, like, what they should be based around, and it's not partying, it's not drinking, um, and then, like, a common struggle that I deal with a lot is, like, the adrenaline mm -hmm. part of it, because mm -hmm. I know, like... It's such an adrenaline rush to walk into a bar and see a hot guy and thinking, I'm going to get him home with me. But then when you win the game, it's literally the worst game in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like you said this like before too. You're like, how do you like know how to get a guy that you want? Because <laughs> let me tell you, I, I don't know how to do that. Like, it's so... I don't know, like, and it sounds so prideful to, like, say that, like, I could do that or whatever. Like, I definitely don't get all the men that I want. But <laughs> saying, like, I know what to say in a bar to get a guy to be interested in me. And I know how to, like, seal the deal. And, like, so many people, like, struggle with that. But, like, you don't want that. Yeah. Like, you don't want to know how to do that. And it was just unlearning the game, I think. Yeah. And, like, unwinding every way that I carried myself. And, I don't know, it was just so weird. So, what, you mentioned that you're learning, like, how relationships are supposed to go and how friendships are supposed to go. Yeah. Like, what are you learning? Like, how are they supposed to go? Um, I think... I don't know, it's just, like, based around so much more than just we have shared interests or we have, you know, we party together well. Which, like, a lot of my friendships at the time were, like, you're fun to party with, let's hang out. Like, mm -hmm. that's literally how my friendships started, a mm -hmm. lot of them. 
and what they were based around and like what we would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when your friends don't do that, you have to like base it on a little bit like deeper things. Um, and then also just like, I think it's just been a lot of learning what God intends for me is a lot different than like what I desire. Mm. And that every time I don't get what I want, but God gives me what I deserve, it's always infinitely better. Wow. And I don't know. Like I, I think the coolest thing is that I feel like God has definitely renewed my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't desire the same things that I desired before and I look at people differently and I look at people for who they are and who their soul is Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I don't know. It just changes because the core of the person is more important to me now than Mm -hmm. like, how are they when they're partying? Mm -hmm. So. Is that, are you talking about like relationships and friendships with other people who are believers or like Christians or are you talking about relationships in general? I think just relationships in general, like, um, there's like a select few people in my life that aren't. Because the majority of the people I hang out with now are all people who, like, go to church right. with me. Um, but there's, like, a few people that are in my life that are not going to church. And just being able to have the mindset now of, like, if I'm irritated with how they're acting, of, mm-hmm. well, how does God see them? And who does God say that they are is a refreshing and healthier perspective. Mm-hmm. And it, it allows me to be more patient with people and maybe like see different perspectives and Mm -hmm. stuff so yeah I guess it makes it I don't know but I also and why do you why do you think that is like why are you able to see different perspectives now um I think God has just like I have seen how I was without God Mm -hmm. and who I am with God and Mm -hmm. I'm so much better now that I am with God like even Mm -hmm. just like like, I was bartending, and, like, now I'm a teacher, and I feel like my gifts are being utilized and, like, all this stuff. So it's, like, these people who don't know God or they're not following God, like, what are you high? Like, what is underneath, like, all of these layers? Like, wow. who does God see that you are? And, like, who could you, like, where could you be going that you're not going? Mm. So it's, like, we don't know, like, what kind of walls and layers, like, people have put up by not allowing God in. So... Just being able to, like, uncover that and Mm -hmm. try to, like, read into that a little bit more. I just feel like knowing my own story and how God has saved me just gives me so much more patience. Yeah. For other people. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) What about, like, relationships? And I'm meaning relationships, like friendships, just Mm -hmm. any sort of relationship. um, With people who are believers. Like, how is that different than relation like your friendships yeah. before um I just think we have a lot more in-depth conversation mm-hmm. of stuff that really matters mm-hmm. and then like what I was saying <laughs> Maddie was so funny Maddie's my roommate Maddie is her roommate and she's the sweetest thing mm-hmm. um but sometimes she says stuff that surprises me it's mm-hmm. like my favorite um but I was going through this whole thing about a month ago where I was like what if I backstop like what if I lose everything that I've been mm-hmm. working for. And I was just like having so much anxiety over like the idea that like I've gained this life in a year. Yeah. Could it be gone tomorrow? Wow. 
And it was like, I don't know, it was just like tormenting me that like, this isn't who I was for years. Like, what mm-hmm. makes me think that I can sustain this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, when I left the first time, I feel like nobody came to get me. And nobody came to check in on me. Nobody from, like, the young adult group that I was oh, in Oh, when you, when you like, were younger. Yeah. Like, nobody came to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, are you okay? Like, they just let me go. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, what if that happens again? And, like nobody's gonna come and get me I'm like I know it's not true but like what if it is because it's happened before like what if I fall off the track and like all these what ifs are going and Maddie goes I mean give us some credit (laughs) (laughs) and I was like I mean I guess she's like no I mean like I really like you so please stop thinking that I'm not gonna chase after you if you start like going down that road again and I was like thank you for like saying like I needed to be like slapped back into reality yeah, of she has like, the tendency to do that yeah but like I needed to hear that because I was just mm-hmm. like in my brain like mm-hmm. over and over and over again of like all these what ifs mm-hmm. and then she like said that and I was like you're right I mean did you have these kinds of friendships with people at your old like youth group young adult group no no, no. then it wasn't it's comparing rooted, apples yeah. to oranges. Right, right. Like, it was a very surface level. Because uh-huh. I don't think that I had a relationship with God, so I wasn't able to form a relationship with other yeah, people. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, when, like, they were so rooted in God. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, it wasn't clicking because I wasn't going after what they were passionate mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So we didn't share that. And it's yeah. to their core, so we shared surface level conversation. So, like... I don't know. It was just a lot of stress at that point, which was so weird because I was just like totally freaking out about Uh losing everything that I've gained or like, I don't know, recently I've been experiencing like anxiety about my story or whatever. And like, I used to be so free with it and open with it. And now lately I've been like, do you deserve to hear this? That was on a podcast so everybody can hear it. Right. (laughs) But I know that I shouldn't be that way because it's not my story. Mm -hmm. Like it's how God redeemed me. It's not anything to do with me. It's like how I messed up and like got so like deep in a hole. Yeah. And how he turned it around yeah there's a song out there at my old church my pastor did a series on like people's stories Mm -hmm. and would highlight different people within our church's community um and their stories and just talking about how god was faithful through it blah 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 um and so they started each week of that series with this song i couldn't even tell you who it's by it's a christian song um but there is a lyric that says to tell but to tell my story is to tell of you yeah and like yeah that's literally it's not our story no it's literally god's story yeah he just happened to do it in our lives yeah yeah it's yeah so when we get really possessive of like this is my story i don't know if you deserve to know this yeah we're denying God. Yeah. You're telling people that they don't deserve to know how God saved you. Yeah. Which is so messed up because, like, I was a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's nothing to be prideful about here. Like, it's just... Wow. So... That's crazy. So your life has changed drastically. Yeah. Like, you haven't even been at Kensington at 1829 for a year yet. No, not even a year. So... 
the first Thursday in May is my one year. Oh my gosh, we should celebrate. We should celebrate. Okay. <laughs> um, but I just want to know now that you are living a life with God and yeah. life is just so different for you now, what is it that you care about now? Like, what are your passions? Yeah. I mean, they change so much. So much. Okay. Um, I don't I just, like, I see people for, like, their talents okay. and, like, what they could be. Mm-hmm. And it drives me insane when people don't see it mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, utilize, like, all their talents. Um, so just being able to, like, drive people, like, towards whatever it is that they are created in and just, mm-hmm. like, speaking life into people Um, but also like, I'm so passionate about like my story, like while I get so weird about it all of a sudden lately, like I just want people to understand that like no matter how far you go or how deep into like a hole you go, like God can always pull you out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and at the same token, I have this weird passion about speaking on like premarital sex and I don't know why and it's weird and awkward but like I love talking about Mm -hmm. purity and sex and like what it means and what it doesn't mean and like Mm -hmm. all this stuff and I'm reading this book right now called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations the Church Forgot by Mo Isom and it's so like I am shook like (laughs) I am a highlighter person in a book like that's how I like don't fall asleep when I'm reading and I, like, highlight things. I th- Literally every page has something <laughs> highlighted on That's it. Like, awesome. it's so good. But, like, wow. one of the biggest things that I think is, like, the reason that I was so whatever about losing my virginity before marriage. Like, I, like, I was older. And I was with, like, the guy that I thought I was going to marry. Um, but at the same time, I was, like, not that upset by it. Um, was because it was never explained to me, like, what the purpose of it is. Mm. Um, and she says in the book, she's like, you know, I was walking around waving my virgin flag while doing everything else under the sun, not understanding that like the reasons behind it are not to have like a point system with God. Right. But it's because like, it's so much deeper than Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And like, just like driving that point home to people. Like, I wish, like, I could, like, get it back and, like, get all, like, my innocence back and, like, all this stuff and, you know, not know all the things that I really desired to know mm-hmm. when I was, like, in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was never explained the whys behind mm-hmm. it. I was never explained that, like, sex is from God. Sex knows that it's, or sex knows. God <laughs> knows that, like, sex is great. Like, yeah. She literally talks about, like, God put those nerve endings there for a reason. (laughs) And, like, all this stuff. I'm just, like, I never thought about, like, the anatomy was created by God. And, Uh like, the first sentence that God speaks in the Bible is go forth and multiply. Like, literally God is telling you to go have sex. (laughs) Like, and all this stuff. And then, like, I think the part that, like, blew my mind the most was, like, imagine if, like, porn wasn't a thing, if premarital sex wasn't a thing, if, like, anything before your spouse wasn't a thing, essentially the only thing that would turn you on in your life is your spouse. Wow. And that is how God intended it to be. And I was like, 
dang. <laughs> like, good. one, I messed that up. <laughs> but, like, I was like, that is profound. Like, why are we not taught that? Like, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea of that. But it's ruined so quickly in society now. But it's like, why is that not screamed from the rooftops mm-hmm. of, like, the beauty of, like, what it could be? Mm-hmm. And that was never communicated to me. So I feel like I have such a passion, like, to communicate that to people or even people who like are already past that point of like you know like where I am right now Mm -hmm. like being able to regain that mindset because it was never trained correctly Mm -hmm. and like you can't get mad at a student who wasn't taught correctly for Mm -hmm. acting incorrectly like in order like so now it's like I'm just all the podcasts and conversations like me and you talk about this and like me and Kelly talk about this and just like books and everything like I'm just trying to like pour it into my brain of like all the reasons that like purity isn't I don't know I feel like I say the word purity and it sounds like flowers and like right, right, right. innocence and you're stupid essentially right. like you don't know what the world is like and what it really is meant to be like mm-hmm. at its core yeah so yeah I don't know It'll be interesting where I go with that. Mm -hmm. None of my topics will ever be (laughs) G-rated. Hence why you're not meant to teach in kids' church. I know! (laughs) I hang out with four-year-olds enough in my life. Yeah. So. Well, that's really good, though. Yeah. That's really good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to know about you. don't don't disobey. I think it's just, I think what I'm gonna, like, just share about you right now is, like, you just have such a heart for, for, sorry, I just had this, like, little frog in my throat. (laughs) I just, I can't get rid of it. Um, but I think that, um, you just have such a heart for people specifically the people who are broken Mm -hmm. who like feel shame yeah and because I think that was that was you yeah right and so God's 100% using your story and you just have such a heart for people just to know that they're not alone that they haven't lost that there's still hope yeah that God still loves them and like that God still views them as beautiful and whole and Mm -hmm. all these things. And so I think with this podcast and your blog and just your social media presence and just everything that people know that um, you want to talk to them, that even if you don't have a relationship with them, because what, your podcast can reach the whole world, you know, your Instagram account can reach people might not know you who are listening to this right now, Mm -hmm. but you want to, like, talk to them, and you want to interact with them and just help them know God's love. Yeah. And so I am giving everyone who's listening full permission to, like, if you don't feel comfortable talking with the people that you have in your life about maybe some of the stuff you're going through and some of the questions that you have and all the things, um, reach out to Rachel because she... Bring it on. She's, like, here for it. She's here, so here yeah. for it. Like, this, oh, I am. This is what she talks about 90% of the time. <laughs> like, I need someone to reach out to her and, yeah. like, give... I know. I, just, I love 
but bring the broken people. Yeah. Because there's two types of people right now. Even just listening to this podcast, either the ones who hear my story and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she did that. What a whore. <laughs> or there's the people that are like, oh my gosh, I've done some of these things or I've done all of these things or I've felt this way or whatever. And it's like, those are the people that their hearts are pure yeah. and like, <clears throat> I think if your heart is filled with guilt, it's very easily, like, I don't know, just, like, swayed to mm-hmm. not listen to, like, what is truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are, like, the people that I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want And even, you... it's not even, like, you're you're claiming to have all the answers no. or whatever. No, you're absolutely just not. Claim, you just have a heart that's just open yeah. and like loving yeah and that's all I just want so desperately to like have people feel how close God really is all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. like all the time he might show up as a man in dreadlocks he might with eyes the color of the ocean the day I die the first question I ask God is gonna be was that you (laughs) yes it was and if it wasn't you, why couldn't I marry him? <laughs> oh, okay. he had eyes that could cut glass. Like, oh. wow, they were beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think it was God. What, it was God in, designed? Well, no, but like, if that man was a Christian, like, true, God is inside of true. him. Like, it was true. God, right? And so. He's a visible representation of, like, Mm -hmm. who Jesus is. And, wow. (laughs) If he's, I mean, clearly, I mean, not that raising your hands in church makes you a Christian by any means, let me tell you. But, I mean, his heart seemed to be pure. And, like, he probably just felt led to sit there. And, you know, who knows why. has no idea, like, what it meant to me to see him just quietly worshiping. Mm Mm-hmm. That's and it so wasn't beautiful. above and beyond. Yeah. It was just him and God, and you could yeah. see it happening, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, it's real. Aww. Other people feel this, too. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's crazy. Wow. You've got a story, and you shouldn't be ashamed. Not, not that you are ashamed of it, but I know. I think maybe you're like started to just hold it a little bit closer, and yeah. maybe it's just because you haven't shared it in a while. I haven't and, shared it in a while. It has been a while. Yeah. And you're kind of going through, like, a storm right now. Yeah. And so when that starts to happen, it can start to, I don't know, diminish mm-hmm. what God has already done. And it's like, no, like, let's highlight that. Let's remember that. Right. Because It's just that, so crazy. Yeah. I, like, can't get over the fact that I, like, found a group, like, I found so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like I was, like, not in the group, like, in, in 1829 for, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was just, like, in the community. I, like, don't remember a time, like, going there and not knowing who to talk to. Yeah. It happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's so cool. I love it. Like, what we were talking about today is, um, earlier, we were like, yeah, Kensington, 1829, like, it might not be for everybody, but, like, it is for certain people. And, like, yeah. you found home in it. And I did. that's awesome. I really did. It's my home. I love that. <laughs> so 
So that's Rachel Lambert. Yeah, thanks for flipping the tables on You're me. You're welcome. Anytime. Dressed me out. <laughs> well, guys, yeah. I guess I'll have to have Rachel back to hear Rachel's story. <laughs> but that's me. So let me know what you think. I guess I'll tell you I'll post my own information on Instagram. <laughs> Do I get to pick the photos? Can we'll I decide see. what's said? You can write the whole thing. Yes. You're. I'm already thinking. nervous. My wheels are turning. Oh man. <laughs> All right, guys. I will talk to you next week. Let me know what you thought, and like Rachel said, if you guys have any questions or just comments or concerns or things that you need prayed for or anything, send them my way on Instagram. I'll check the DMs <laughs> after this hey. airs. So I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast, Hearts Unglued. I hope you all loved listening to our conversation and got some comfort in remembering that you are never alone. God knows our hearts and is just waiting for us to surrender it all to him. You can find me either at my website, Hearts Unglued, which is heartsunglued.wordpress.com or my Instagram at heartsunglued. Thank you again for listening and I'll be back next week with another topic on the common struggles as a young Christian adult in the modern world. See you then. Mm -hmm.